right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I am Dennis. Welcome to another episode. Uh, we kind of left it up in the air what we we're going to talk about last yeah. last week. Uh, but this week we are here to do a capsule review of the right hand of God. And I think what we decided, and uh, I was the one who had this idea, and Sam was very gracious enough to go along. We're just going to do the entire first season uh, because while not the entire first season are are essential episodes as far as like the mythologies and stories and everything. I think the first season is just a, a wonderful mess of what, pardon my language, of what the fuckery <laughs> as they were trying to figure out what they were. Uh, season two is always my favorite season because it consistently had the best episodes. Yeah. Season one is my second favorite season because as they were trying to figure out what they were, they they just had some fun and they had some wonderful bits and there's yeah. only eight episodes in the first season and right. we got some we got some time to fill between right. between now and october when the new series premieres so we decided uh why not let's yeah. just jump in and do it that being said uh housekeeping find us on the web fateswidewheel.com find us on all the socials uh fateswidewheel facebook twitter instagram email i decided i'm going to clean up our email mess uh, by the time uh, this goes to air, you will be able to email us at fateswidewheel at gmail.com. And then it's all just clean across the board. And it's all fates wide wheel. It's all fates wide wheel everywhere you go. But that being yeah. said, before we get into right hand of God, what do we want to talk about, Sam? Yeah, well, you know, I just want to add real quick to what you were saying about the first season. For me, I think that the first season plays around with so many ideas that would, you know, kind of cement themselves and become standards for the series. But there's a lot of stuff that is outside the norm. You know, mm -hmm. we don't, it's clear that they don't know who Sam is yet. You know, not even Scott really knows who Sam is yet. Um, I think I think Dean kind of has dialed in on on Al a little bit quicker. And the writers, I think this is the crazy thing. I think the writers are more consistent with Al early in the series than they are later in the series. Whereas I think that Sam, it's almost the opposite. Like once, once we get into season two, Sam's pretty consistent. Um, you know, especially towards the second half of season two on the characters mm -hmm. written fairly consistently. But I think Al is probably written more inconsistently the longer the series goes on because he's there to, to fill a role. He's got to be everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you said like early on, they knew more who he knew more who he was because I've seen, in more places than the one place recently, Don Belisario saying, basically, Don Belisario was Al. Mm. So I, f I figure like they have Al's, especially when it comes to women and things like that, like they have his, they have his character down pretty well. Sure, Why sure. is there still trying to, to lock in Sam? And like you said, as the series goes on, Al becomes like, like he is everything. Whatever the script needs that week, he is yeah. the expert on on that. You know, it's interesting, too, because one of the things that we'll talk about with this episode in particular is I do feel like that there are episodes in season one that absolutely hit on kind of the, the format of the series really, really well. Um, and then there are other episodes that are just just slightly off, you know, it's almost like mm -hmm. an alternate universe quantum leap, really, when you think about it. Um, oh, sure. And, and that's not to say that I dislike them. It, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it, it is a little different. So, um I'm glad that we're going to talk about the whole season. I think it was a great idea on your part. And mm. I, I think once we get to the second season, obviously we'll start kind of, you know, jumping around a little bit. Uh, eh, but eh, you know, no. maybe, well, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just wanted to add that. Uh, as far as uh, other things to talk about, um, the show, the, the pilot has wrapped for the reboot 
sequel series. Um, and we got a lot of really cool stuff, like the final few days of shooting that that hit the internet, uh, both courtesy of the producers, Martin Garrow, uh, Brian Winbrandt, um, and uh, Deborah Pratt even posted some cool stuff. And mm-hmm. also uh, from some folks that were, you know, kind of boots on the ground in Vancouver. Um, yep. uh, not even necessarily fans, just people that follow like the, the film and television scene Shoot, in yeah. Vancouver. Um, and, and people that kind of just stumbled across the set while they were shooting the earthquake scenes um, and turning, you know, Vancouver, parts of Vancouver into San Francisco. Um, I believe what we what we heard, and, and this might not be, you know, 100% accurate, but what we had heard from one of the sources on the ground is that they basically utilized five blocks, five city blocks of Vancouver mm-hmm. and turned that in um, to 89 San Francisco for the earthquake. Um and we got to see some really cool uh, video uh, of, you know, not actual scenes being shot, but of kind of rehearsal stuff with, you know, Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett, um, sure. you know, going over stuff. We even got uh, like the tiniest glimpse, it looked like, of the hand link uh, in, in Caitlin's mm-hmm. hand, who plays Addison. Um, you know, we saw Jewel State, who, again, you know, we can pretty much confirm is playing Naomi. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it, I, it was just so cool to, to kind of really get, you know, a, a little bit beyond some of the behind the scenes pictures that we'd already been getting like via Instagram um, and and see the, the work that was transpiring. Uh, It seems like the cast, you know, um, uh, Mason Alexander Park and uh, um, uh, Raymond Lee uh, and a few of the others have posted some really lovely photos of the group all together. Uh, You know, even calling it like our new little family, which of course I don't want to read too much into, but it certainly makes me feel like, well, you know, that 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 might say something about the direction of where this pilot. I mean, I, I I am just kind of fully on board with this thing's getting picked up. Like I I don't I don't think there's any way it doesn't get picked up. I sure. think just logistically speaking, with the, the the lower number of pilots being shot, with the the creative quality that's been put into this, with the, the high quality of the script, in in my opinion, I, I think that it's definitely going to get picked up. So I'm just excited. I love these guys already. I think they're awesome. Yeah, all of that. Yes. <laughs> Everything so, yes, that you said. So, yeah, if you're following us on Twitter, you've probably seen the the lion's share of all of that stuff. But uh, if you're not, please, please do, because we're, we're posting as much of it as we can find or retweeting it uh, as the case may be. Um, uh, also, make sure you're following uh, Brian Winbrandt and uh, the rest of the crew, Martin Garrow, uh, Raymond Lee, Mason Alexander Park mm-hmm. on um, Instagram, because they're posting a lot of stuff on Instagram in particular. Sure. Absolutely. And I think the next big date, as far as the pilot goes, is going to come in May. And that's when they have the upfronts. That's and right. Hopefully, and hopefully we'll know then, like definite, we know. Series is going to pick, get, get picked up. Hang on to your butts. Hopefully we're going to hear it's going to be on NBC. If it's on Peacock, I will subscribe. <laughs> I'm again for Peacock. Bye. Yeah, I, I think that, NBC. that, you know, really, we've got, uh, yeah, a little bit of a wait now before we hear more. But 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 certainly by mid-May, we, you know, we might get to see, a, a, you know, just a teaser of some sort, uh, you know, get an idea of, of, of you know, what they're doing, what the direction is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't know until, say, maybe June or July. I still think that they might do something at Comic-Con, um, just because mm, I do think yeah. that the show has enough value and cachet that maybe they'll do something at Comic-Con, whether that's a sneak peek of the pilot or I, I doubt that they'll show the full pilot, but you never know that, you know, mm, crazier yeah. things have happened. So I think, I think certainly by July we'll, we'll know for sure, sure whether or not it's going to get picked up. Absolutely. When is uh Chicago's yearly 
con? So has it happened? It's weird because it, it's moved around a couple of times due to COVID. So oh, okay. it so used to be that there was one in March that was C2E2. And then that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was wizard con, which was in August. Um, but they've, yeah, it's moved around a few times sure, due yeah. to COVID. So I honestly don't know when it is this year. Okay. Um, yeah. But that's a good point because it's entirely possible. If, if it's, yeah, if, it, if it's later on, like closer to, to time when we know this getting picked up, it would be interesting if they had any panel or anything yeah. there or whatever. And, and Chicago is just, it's just a short, <laughs> it's just a short ways away. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, mean, I'm, I'm here. I'm right here. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah. Just make it up there and I'll purchase some massage supplies on my way. And then boom, it's go. a business trip. Write yeah. it off. All right. <laughs> so we're ready to jump on the right hand of God here. I, I think so. Yeah. Unless you have anything else. No, let's jump All on right. it. Um, so it. Uh, in, in our, on our long form episodes, I used the, the TV guide description out of Matt's book. We decided we're going to retire that because a lot of that was just making fun of the TV guide's description. Right, yeah. and, and we've gilded that Lily. Uh, someone on IMDb has done a very good job of writing episode descriptions. So we're going to start using those because they give you a pretty good synopsis in case you're listening to our episode. You didn't have a chance to rewatch the episode. It's been a while. And get you caught up. Yeah, but before um, so, we do that, uh, sure. I wanted to just kind of make sure that for those that are joining us for the first time, or if anybody needs a refresher, um, that we've decided, of course, to revisit uh, the the series, uh, the entirety of the series eventually, but starting off with potentially kind of cherry-picking our favorite episodes, or what we consider the essentials in the lead-up to the premiere of the reboot and sequel. So our capsule-sized reviews of the classic series um, have the mission to rank the show on a scale of 1 to 10 based on five different categories, writing, directing, acting, production values, and mythology. Each category is weighted based on our own perceived importance. Writing, directing, and acting are each worth 25% of the average. Production values are 15%, and mythology is 10%. Um, our original reviews sought to stimulate discussion and contextualize the episode based on when it was set, when it aired, and when our discussion took place. Of course, we also provided background information and our personal opinions of each episode. That and a whole lot more, lots of tangents. Uh, we're proud of those reviews, and they will continue to be available for our listeners in our archive and might even be reposted occasionally depending on you know what's happening. Um, meanwhile, though, we wanted the opportunity to revisit these episodes with only our opinion of the categories above, giving listeners a compact rating of each episode uh, in the lead-up to the premiere of the series in the fall. Um, have our opinions changed for the better, for the worse? Will this new rubric yield results that surprise even us? So step into the accelerator and find out as Fate's Wide Wheel revisits Quantum Leap. Thank hopefully you for that in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Uh, and I, I'm, I will say this uh, before I read the description. I'm going to surprise you. I do have one particular changed opinion about this episode. Me too, after re- actually. After rewatching it. Oh, my God. Did we, if, we, we if we flip-flopped on the same thing, it's going to be I hilarious. think we may have flip-flopped opinions. All right, here we go. Yeah. Uh, right. Here is the, uh, the description on IMDb. Sam Beckett leaps into the body of a boxer who has a shot of winning the championship. The man's contract is owned by local nuns who inherited his rights from a boxer promoter and their hope is that they can make enough money to build a chapel and drop in center for the poor my my writing score on this one is janky anyway what they don't know <laughs> is that the boxers 10 bout winning streak as the result of fixed matches and an unscrupulous boxing promoter now wants him to take him wants him to take a dive in the championship bout sam comes up with a clever solution that he hopes will satisfy all parties yeah Yeah, well, let's go. All right, let's go ahead and start off with writing. Um, uh, Dennis, what did you think of the the writing on this episode? I 
I'll start off with the score and then I'll give my, my explanation. I yeah. gave the writing a six out of 10. Now, again, to explain myself, I, I have a rule that I don't have a name for, but I give nothing a seven out of 10 <laughs> because seven out of 10 is safe. So it has, it has to be six or below or eight or above. So I gave it a six, one. I, uh, this episode has been my head for almost 30 years. I, what, where the hell do they come up with this whole plot about nuns inheriting a boxer's contract? I don't know. We're, we're here. Don't question it. Whatever. Uh, just for, for that weird setup uh, and the fact there's nothing horrible about the writing, but there's nothing outstanding about the writing. It's just, yeah. you know, uh, I think there are particular moments in the script that are just kind of meh, uh, but the actors elevate the script to something else. Yes. So for that, I give it a six out of 10. Yeah, I would completely agree with a lot of what you just said. I have no problem using a seven. It is safe. I don't mind safe. Uh, <laughs> I did give it a seven. Uh, for me, I think that um, one of the things that kept this from being kind of in the upper echelon for me, because I happen to think that dialogue-wise, it's very well written. Um, it doesn't you know, show the nuts and bolts too much. Uh, it's actually, in, in a lot of ways, probably you know, one of the better written episodes of the first season, to be completely honest, Genesis and Color of Truth aside, I feel like it's written mm -hmm. very well. Uh, it doesn't ask the actors to devolve into sort of any odd, out of character, you know, mugging, slapstick, comedy, whatever, uh, which, which I'm not always a fan of. I think it definitely has its place. I think the comedic moments in this episode actually work very well because they mm -hmm. are played in a more grounded manner than some of the others that we've seen, including, of course, Starcrossed. Um, the, you, you know, the thing that really kind of brought it down for me, honestly, uh, and, and I, and I toyed with giving it a six, quite frankly, I, just think that contextualization for us, especially coming at it from a 2022 angle, is that in even coming from a 1989 angle, what Sam asks Dixie to do, mm. you know, to go streaking, and especially the way that the actor who plays Dixie, which again, the actors, as you pointed out, rise above the material quite a few times, it's pretty abhorrent for Sam Beckett. Like, it just feels, especially with her reaction to it, like, the look on her face as he's mm -hmm. asking her to do this, it just feels icky and wrong, and I, 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 don't, I don't like it. And I know that, that there are viewers that might look at it innocently enough and, you know, and say, hey, what's the big deal or whatever, but for me, it really does affect my opinion on the writing overall. So it's one of the reasons why I brought it down. But the story, I actually dig the story. I, I, I like, you know, the, the little subplot with Al. I think there's this wonderful stuff that's happening with Al and that, and that Dean gets across, even, you know, even beyond kind of the comedy of the... Uh, being kept up all night by the neighbor, you know, he's working on his car, but there's this wonderful subplot with Al and, you know, his relationship with Sam and, and kind of, you know, he, he's worried, he's concerned, you know, here is his best friend jumps in this, you know, experiment and now he's gone and they're trying to bring him back. They can't do that. He only sees him, you know, periodically during these leaps and he feels like, you know, he's unnecessary at times because Sam's going to go get this real boxing trainer. You know, there's just some lovely stuff. And I really sure. like that. Um, I like some of the things that we learned about their relationship. Uh, I'm yeah. Overall, I do think it's well-written, but there are a few things that, yeah, definitely prevent it from being, being upper, upper ranks for me. And, and, and the Dixie thing is definitely a big one for me. You know, that's a fair point. I will be honest. So I rewatched the episode last night in anticipation of recording and just with, 
life and kids and whatever. By the time I got to that part of the episode, I was a little bit distracted and I kind of didn't think about that moment. But yeah, yeah, I will agree. I'm going to still keep it six out of 10, but uh, yeah. And like I said, I I, I think I, uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure who wrote this episode. I feel that's a little bit of Don Belisario creeping in. <laughs> a little bit of Don. Uh, little bit. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could very well be. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, but you know what? At least they didn't grab the low-hanging fruit and have Al there to make leering comments while it happened. Well, right. Yes, yes. You know? Exactly, exactly. At least there's that. We do get, you know, we do get the Al stuff where he's, when he's sleeping, you know, Telling Denise oh, to go yes. hide in the closet and get, get in the closet. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so anyway, so there on we go. To directing, um, so I'll go ahead and start with this one. Directing for me, I think that there's nothing wrong with it um, in in this uh, um, episode. I, I, I think that it's done well. The boxing scenes, in particular, are actually directed really well. It clearly takes its cues from a lot of other boxing movies on the waterfront, Rocky, even you know, obviously, and 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 I, I get that. You know, that's 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 definitely a pool that they played in quite a lot. Where it's like, what popular films or, or television series or events sure. can we you know bring in um oh going back to the writing real quick there's also this lovely thing where watergate gets brought in during the course of the episode which is you know nice because we had just seen that um there's also of course the moment where they talk about how he should have been in texas in the 50s which of course is the next episode so they're playing with some things that they unfortunately i feel like they do kind of get rid of later on which is too bad because they were uh um, actually kind of interesting but back to the directing, my apologies. Uh, I, I think it's fine. It's pretty, it's pretty workmanlike. There's nothing spectacular about any of it. Uh, I, I gave it a six. See, I gave it a nine out of 10, just wow. for the fact that if you are doing a boxing episode on a budget, I feel like they did a pretty good job between uh, the, the training montages and actually like, like filming the bout. Yeah. I think they actually do a pretty good job um, doing that on a budget and also the fact that it's very early in the series and they're trying to figure out what they're doing. So for that, I gave it a, a nine out of 10 and to jump back what you said uh, earlier about uh, Watergate and them tipping their hat to the next episode with how the test was won. I'm also, I'm disappointed as well. It's one of those things why I love the first season more than some of the later seasons is that they had those little moments like connecting the episodes like that. Yeah. And I would, I would love to know, what was the reasoning in and pulling those moments out? I have a feeling it was purely accessibility. You know, how can we? You, you think about the saga cell even, and 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 when it gets brought in and changed with with Ziggy and everything. You know, I think that that in and of itself, it's like we want this show to be as accessible as possible to people. So we are going to stay away from any sort of like continuing threads, et cetera, as much as we can. And the second season is is pretty much that. Like there's not a lot of stuff that continues. We get a few things that are put in, like Disco Inferno, um, um oh gosh, the the frat episode um, animal frat animal frat thank you yeah yeah i said half of it uh you know kind of really yeah. all leading up to, to to leap home when you think yeah. about it like that the, these little seeds that are planted but mostly there's not that sense of like one episode to the next you yeah. know any, any kind but, of but, connective tissue but the thing i don't understand about that sam is that like those are big things like like siblings brothers al's backstory those are big things um the reference to the next episode with how how the test was won the watergate thing 
If you didn't know, you didn't miss anything. Right. No, that's true. That's very, very true. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they, why they put it away. That's just my guess. Yeah. Uh, but that's a really good point. Yeah. And one, and one more touch on writing before we move on to the next thing. I posted this on uh, Twitter on my personal account. I retweeted it last night. In my head canon, this is just me. In my head canon, I do not think Al is actually a retired admiral in the first season. Yeah. I think uh, Sam makes some change in history and a leap between seasons one and two. And when we are introduced to Al in season two in the Admiral uniform at the start of Honeymoon Express, that is a changed history. Uh, and I base it on like Al acts completely different in the first season. He doesn't act like retired military. And I think it's in the Quantum Leap book. Dean Stockwell said in an interview that uh, he had no idea that Al was supposed to be a retired admiral. He didn't learn that until he got the script for Honeymoon Express. And had he known he probably would have played some things in the first season differently. So in my head, Cannon, um, he he is maybe uh, he is an ex astronaut as he drops in Genesis, so probably has some military experience. But something happened; he did not elevate to the uh, to the level of admiral in this weird alternate universe first season. That is season you know, one of Quantum Leap. Being being a drunk could could possibly do that to you. Uh, oh, that yeah. Yeah, uh, you know it's interesting. I would love to know how how he, he was listed, you know, in in the in the early scripts, uh, you know, because when you go to IMDb, for instance, the characters are Doctor Sam Beckett and Admiral Al Calabrese. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's kind of you. It, it does make you wonder. It's like how you know when was that decision made? How you know were they ever named as as Doctor and Admiral prior to that? You know, one of the things, for instance, we're kind of again, kind of talking about writing a little bit here, but one of the things that also happens in this episode that's inconsistent with what we learn later is that Sam says he's out of shape and doesn't know how to fight. And we learn later that he's, you know, that he is trained in, in martial arts and he, you know, he knows these things. And so it's like, it, it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, he's kind yeah. of, he's, he's saying these I, things when it's like, you do know how to fight. True. I guess you can kind of twist that line. Like at this point in the series, they haven't really clarified the mind or body leaping thing. So he could have been, if we're still like hanging on to the idea of mind leaping, maybe right, he's right, talking right. about the body that he's in is out of shape. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that he said these 10 easy fights anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, tangents, tangents all over the place. Yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But no, anyway. I, I, I think that, I think it's, you, you, you do raise some valid points and that's one of the reasons why, you know, I toyed with, 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 with lifting this a little bit higher, but ultimately I just, I feel like for me, there was nothing, there was nothing spectacular about it, you, you know, for, for the, for the directing. And, 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 and that's the tough thing about scoring stuff like this is you kind of put mm -hmm. a score on it. And then after some discussion and dialogue, you're kind of like, Oh, maybe I should bump this up or, you know, cause that's a good point. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stay with stay with my sticks for now, sure. because I think that the boxing scenes, I absolutely elevate my opinion of it, but the mm -hmm. rest of it, it, there's, there's nothing to, there's nothing that stands out to me, you know? All right. Fair enough. And six is not a bad score. As far no, as I'm concerned, no, no. if you, if you, if you, if you, if you don't have to like, justify it. Well, no, but, well, well, you know, but, but I want to justify it to the <laughs> listeners. I, I think, if okay. it's, you know, if you're above a five, as far as I'm concerned, like you're doing something right. And even a five is sure. good. Like five has got to be considered kind of average. Anything below a five and mm -hmm. something's wrong. But, but like, you know, anything above a five, I feel like that's a good thing. You're not, we're not talking mm -hmm. about like, you know, oh, a six is not that great. It's like, no, actually six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those are good scores, you know? So I, I just, uh, trying to be as critical as possible, I suppose. Yeah. Um, sure. On to the acting. Acting. Dennis, tell me what you thought of the acting. I gave it an 8 out of 10. And to me, uh, 
what I love about this episode is like there are moments where the actors took things and they elevated them. Like yes. I think all all the stuff with with Al in this episode from the, yeah. the storyline about the neighbor to even like I love the the scene where where Sam walks off and he says I'm going to go get a real yep. trainer. And 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 Al just stands there in the dark and he's just doing a thing and he's just kind of giving this look and like you said is it you know it's concerned for his friend it's feeling kind of irrelevant because you know he can't be the helper that he is it's just dean stockwell brings more to that scene than what there really is yeah and i would love to know how much of that was in the script like as far as like they described like the lights going out and al standing there and whatever or how much of it is like the the script was kind of thin and the director was like oh we gotta we gotta pad this out we gotta, sure. we, we, gotta sure. we gotta put some filler in there what can we do hey do some shadow boxing there for a while dean and then um yeah he really elevated it and what is uh what are the actors names michelle joiner her sister yeah. angela yeah she is wonderful she really is throughout yeah. the entire thing uh and terry copley as dixie she mm-hmm. she brings a lot of uh of great moments and comedy and and vulnerability to to everything as well and like you said this script this episode does have some physical comedy some slapstick moments and uh they belong to to them for uh for michelle and terry for for the most right. part and i think they do i think they do a fantastic job i agree i agree 100 uh alex cologne is is, is gomez also deserves a shout out guy stockwell who of course is dean's older brother yeah. um you know the 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 cast is just is really really tight on this i also gave it an eight out of ten um i really enjoyed the the acting throughout the episode i i do think that the high point of the episode is dean i think dean is just really 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 wonderful uh in this in this episode and it's the first time that i feel like um we get to a, a depth to Al that we've not yet seen, which I mean, we're only three episodes into the series, but you know, in Genesis sure. and in uh star crossed, he, he really more or less just serves a purpose, you know, whereas in this episode, we start to actually just really see a, a, a person, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and of course it is, it is, you know, not the first, cause obviously in Genesis he, he has, um, He's a pilot. He loves, he knows how to fly, yeah. you know. But yeah. but like uh, in in this episode, now he knows how to box, you know. So it, sure, it, yeah. But but it, but it makes sense. I'm just sort of like, yeah, I buy that. Um, and 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 I think yeah, overall, it's great. The funny thing is, is that like it it's hard for me sometimes judging Scott because it you know watching these episodes, there there is this element where it's like it just doesn't quite feel like Sam yet, and I don't think that's on Scott. I don't, but it's hard for me to not kind of want to be like, eh, I don't like that, you know, because it's like, but it's not him. He's great. He's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But the, <laughs> but there is this element of just kind of like, yeah, it doesn't feel quite right yet. Um, Are you talking like, you're talking like specific to acting moments, not writing moments? No, I think it is more the writing. Or, or just kind of overall. I think it is Got more it. the writing. Yeah. But it's just, but it hits me as I'm watching the actor work. It's just kind of, as like, ah, oh, that's not, that's, you know, but, but sure. it's so, that's so nitpicky. And, yeah. And silly, no, I mean, it, it's worth noting. I think it was also an interview in, in the Quantum Leap book that I previously mentioned. Sam takes a much more earnest and serious turn from season two going forward. And that was Scott Bakula's yeah. idea. Like in the interview, he says like first season, they wanted to play it more like Bill Murray which I, I don't see at all, but okay. Right. Uh, but they wanted to play it more comedic. And, and it was a, it was very important to him that Sam become a more serious, earnest character and become the straight man to Al 
from yeah. season two going forward. And you, sometimes I don't think that was a good decision. <laughs> I mean, here I am. I'm a guy sitting in the basement, uh, you know, <laughs> with very few acting credits to his name. But I, there are times when I rewatch the first season, I think I really like first season Sam mm. more. I, yeah, I definitely fall into the camp of liking, you know, second season on Sam more. But, you know, one of the things that, that, that is interesting to me, and it, and it carries over, it's different from Genesis. Genesis actually gets us closer to who I think Sam really is than either Starcrossed or Right Hand of God do. I think both Starcrossed and Right Hand of God give us a version of Sam that I'm not 100% on board with. You know, we get a, a, a more selfish, manipulative Sam. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because... Because the things that the things that really kind of um, trigger Sam later in the series, uh, you know, it has to be uh, again. I'm going to Animal Frat. Somebody mentioning, you know, Vietnam and yeah. people dying over there being bullshit for him to like lose his cool here. Sure. You know, somebody makes an off color joke about, you know, Cody potentially, you know, getting up in the habit, you know, and, and, and sure. he kind of flies off the handle of the bar or whatever. So there's just elements of the character that don't feel quite like Sam. And again, what he does to Dixie in the episode, I just, that just feels that's off fair. to me. I don't feel like that's something that Sam would do, but I do think the wonderful excuse that they have and the thing that my head canon, you know, explains it all the way and and al even talks about it early in the episode is is you know as he's and this is the, the other thing that's wonderful for al and, and dean nails it so perfectly when he has that moment about talking about how like we you know when we were uh comparing the nuns dream of having the church to them you know building the Blueprints imaging of the chamber, chamber yeah funding and you know all this sort of stuff and he's like you know oh, you remember that no of course you don't and, that, and that's the other thing it's like this is a guy who doesn't even really know who he is Sure. You know, and at this point he just wants to get home. So he, maybe he would just resort to any measure to do that. Um, but I mean, all that aside, back to the core, the acting I do think of this episode is really, really great. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that it is a step above, um, you know, the last episode. Um, and I think it's probably a cut above most of the season one episodes, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's go on to production values. Uh, production gave another nine out of 10 for a lot of the same reasons why I gave acting. Like I said, you're, you're doing a physical episode, a boxing episode. Uh, I think they did pretty good to the montage music, just being enough adjacent to Rocky. You're like, <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you're doing there. Right, right, right. Um, and yeah, just for basically everything I said for acting and directing, I just kind of, or I'm sorry for directing. I just kind of looped it all into directing and production together. Yeah, because um, sometimes I feel like those two things go hand in hand because I know, especially on this show, Don Belisario was very hands on in the production of a lot of episodes. So I'm sure like there was a lot of directing from the sidelines from him. So I just kind of sure. those, I kind of group those things together. Fair or not. No, I, I mean, I do think that that's fair. And it's one of those it's one of those odd categories that I feel like it's necessary in, in some ways because, you know, we do get episodes that are pretty low rent, you know, pretty like lots of stock footage, lots of, you know, just 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 trying to save money any way that they possibly can stuff that doesn't look quite right or looks a little sure. cheap or etc. And then we get some episodes where it's just quite remarkable where it's like, man, this feels like I've been transported back in time as a viewer. Yeah. And the thing is, and what I love is that you don't have to do like in this episode, like especially like the outside details and some of like the earlier scenes, like you don't have to do a whole lot to just put us back in time 15 years. Right. 
because that's all it was. And also I'm doing it as I'm watching the show now again, yeah. I'm like, Oh, just right. a 15 year dip. Like this is 2007. Yeah. And, and you know, our thing, you know um, also I love um, when Al lays down outside, this was a very subtle thing, but they had to do it from a production standpoint. When he lays down, he's on a nice clean bit of cardboard. Yeah. Instead of the gravel, instead of the the asphalt or whatever, and they also they I, they had to do this. They deliberately put a let's grab something off my desk. They deliberately put a brick down. Yep. That Al's hand constantly hovers around, but never quite touches. Yeah. And I love that little touch. Yeah. Or not not touch. I should say. <laughs> right. Yeah. I you know I I think that I'm uh, uh, I'm pretty much on board with you. I gave it an eight. Um, mm. I think that you know most of it, it it hangs together really really well. There's you know the, again this is very nitpicky, but the uh, training scene where he's running outside um, with sister. Uh, oh, I forgot her name now. But uh, um, Angela. Sister Angela, yeah. Uh, there's something about that scene that just feels like it's not consistent with everything else. The scene itself is written and acted impeccably. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. But the visual aspect of it, and this goes a little bit to directing as well as production values, it just doesn't feel like it fits with the rest of the episode in a way. Is it how uh, – this is something I took in acting class years ago, and, and the teacher was like very, very adamant to like – to work this uh, instinct out of people in the class. And ever since then, I'm like, oh, whenever I see it anywhere, I'm like, oh, what bullshit. It's like when you're saying something dramatic, you're giving a dramatic monologue and you turn away from the person that you're talking to <laughs> and you deliver the lines out somewhere else. Sister Angela does that. She does and, do and that. That, that. That's not on Michelle. That's on the direction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oddly enough, it's not that I, that, that, that doesn't bother me as much. Although it is funny that you mentioned it because I, I have always thought, and I think I even said this in our initial review, like, you know, five years ago, uh, of the episode is that it does feel very theatrical. Like, mm-hmm. like immediately I'm just sort of like, this is someone with a lot of theater training, like, sure. y- yep. you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but, uh, no, it's just, there's just something about the visual aspect of it. The color palette, all of it feels very different from the rest of the episode. And, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but for me, there was that moment where I was just sort of like, where are we? What are we? What's, you know, it's like, again, it's very, very nitpicky, but, um, other than that, no, I think it looks it looks great. I think uh, you know all the other scenes, the costumes, everything is exactly as it should be. It deserves to have a high score. I feel like eight is is, is a high score, so I'm, I'm giving it an eight. Um, and I, I think when you comparing it to Starcrossed, for instance, I think the production values are definitely better than they were in Starcrossed. Hmm. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Mythology. Um, is this our final one? Yeah, this is it. So mythology. So the interesting thing about this is that like it's going to get more and more difficult, I feel like, to give episodes mythology scores as we get further and further away from episodes that have any connection to, you know, the background of the characters or any sort of continuing arc or whatever. Um, and this episode certainly, uh, you know, there's stuff there, uh, which is why I gave it the score that I did. But it's not as big of stuff as what we got in Starcrossed and Genesis, obviously. But I feel like what we do get in particular for Sam and Al's relationship and some of the character information we get about Al, I think that it was big enough for me to go ahead and give it a six, which is being pretty generous, and I will admit that. But I think that it's it, it because we're early in the series and because we're still learning about these characters, it felt like the information that we do get is – it warranted me saying – 
you know, Al talking about the project, talking about their, you know, raising funding, talking about being a best friend, talking, you know, that stuff, uh, getting more of a, a picture of him being this philanderer. And, you know, we know that Tina's somewhere in there, but he's talking about Denise and shoving her in the closet and like, you know, all this sort of stuff. It's just sort of like, okay, it was enough for me to say, you know what, I'll be generous. I'll give it a six. We're still learning about these people. So that's why I, I gave it kind of a higher rating. But again, this is only 10% of the score, so it's not like going to skew things too far. Thing. No, for sure. I gave it a 6 out of 10 for all of those reasons right there. Nice. That was um, pretty basic. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we were talking about the thing that we've changed our minds on. Mm. I wonder if it's you know the what? same thing. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so quite famously in our own minds and no one else's, <laughs> uh, in our, in our, in our previous review of the episode, one of the things that we actually talked to, at, at length about, um, was the notion of Sam having slept with Dixie. Um, when, when he's getting ready, scene, yeah. yeah, when he's getting ready to leave, to go back to, um, the convent uh, and stay with the nuns so he can train, um, she, you know, he, he makes the comment, they own me now. And she makes the comment, I thought I owned you and takes off her clothes and then says, and you owned me. And there's this moment where, you know, Sam is just like taking her in and then, yeah. And then looks up. And then of course we get amazing. How sweet the sound. And now I contended and initially I contended that Sam slept with Dixie and I didn't know how we felt about that especially at this early stage, but we all, but I also kind of wrote it off as being like, that's what you do. That's just that, you know, looking at it from a 1989 point of view, of course your hero does that. That's the Magnum thing to do, if you will. Sure. And I contended at the time we recorded that he did not, that he Mm -hmm. did the awkward Sam thing and he excused himself and he got out for some reason. And, and we cut to the nunnery of him, like walking in with his bags, right? Watching the episode last night, my opinion changed. And it changed because I realized when I watched the episode originally um, for our review, I was watching it from season two, Sam Mm. on. This is season one, Sam. Season one makes out with the girl. Season one makes out with, uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but uh, the femme fatale and played against Seymour. Oh, Claudia Christian? Yeah, Claudia yeah, Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he makes out with her. Yep. No problem at all. Right. He makes out with, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but in the right hand of, uh, not the right hand of God, um, but in Double Identity. Yeah. Teresa. He yeah, makes out with Teresa. Teresa yeah. Has no problem making out he's, with Teresa. He's about to like, do a lot more with Teresa if he had yeah, the chance. Yeah, he puts his life at risk going in to get a haircut or mm-hmm. to get a shave knowing that that's stupid. He does it anyway because he's that he's that attracted to Teresa. So, with that in mind, first season Sam definitely sleeps with Dixie. So, and I think, and I think honestly, for for the the reasons that you held the opinion that you had last time around, I have the opinion that I now have, and I think that here's the here's the thing that I wanna that I wanna say before you know I, I, I dive in any further, which will, I'll keep it brief when I do. This is a moment of ambiguity, and that is not something that we often get in this show or in television in the 80s, 90s. And I think that that's kind of lovely because it is indeed left up to the viewer. And I think we can see, as I did this time around, I saw it from the lens of like, you know, I think Sam does kind of talk his way out of this. I think Sam is kind of like, you know, it's more like, oh, you're testing me, you know. 
Dixie. Uh, I, I, you know, I really need to go. You know, I, I shouldn't be doing that when I'm training. You know, talks his way out of it somehow or sure. whatever and leaves. The wonderful thing is, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. It's entirely we can we it, because the amazing thing is, is it doesn't necessarily affect anything else within the course nope. of the episode. Nope. Now the other thing that I will say that that I think kind of can you can use as supporting evidence that he does sleep with her is the way she behaves when she shows up to the, yep. the sparring session later on. That was part of it too. Yep. Yeah. And that was something I think I said last time around. So I, I guess I'm kind of on the fence. You know, this is another one of my seven out of tens. I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but yeah, as I was watching the episode this time, I did think to myself, Oh man, Dennis, Dennis might be right. Maybe he doesn't. Um, which is, you know, which is <laughs> yeah. priceless now that, that, that yeah, yeah, no, both shifted a bit. No, I will say we're not like dig into a, a deep conversation, but we talked about this a lot in our original episodes. It's like overall, if you want to talk about things that are problematic now that we weren't even thinking about back then, is it problematic for Sam to sleep with anyone at all during any leap? Because no one that he sleeps with, aside from Donna, aside from, um, uh, I'm blanking on characters' names today. The character in Temptation Eyes, who can actually oh, see yeah. him for who he really is. Aside from those instances, is it ethical for Sam to ever sleep with anyone because they can't give informed consent because they don't know who he really is? Right. But then that puts us on a whole existential thing of right. when you have sex with anyone, do you ever really know who they are? <laughs> sure. You know, I will be fascinated to see how they handle that yes. in the new yeah. series, especially knowing a couple of the things that we know that we haven't talked about yet. Um, yeah. Because I think that there's going to be, yeah, I think that there's going to be some interesting dynamics at play because I think it's unavoidable. I think at some point, you know, Ben is going to get into a situation where he's with someone that, that you know, he leaps into someone who has a romantic partner of some fashion. Yeah. And there's going to be, you know, a moment. And, and I really do wonder how they will handle it because everything that I'm seeing from all of these people, it, it leads me to believe that these are very thoughtful individuals that are working sure. on this show. And so I think that they will, I think that's something that they will address, you oh, know, yeah. um, have to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is a very odd thing. You know, the one thing that I will say is that through the course of the episode, what we do see, you know, that we can absolutely say is, is a fact and not just one of those things that we, you know, the viewers left to decide, is that Sam actually never kisses Dixie in the episode. She kisses him. She initiates the kiss every time. Um, now, that's not to say that he's not kissing her back, but mm -hmm. she's the initiator. Um, sure. I would say that that's true in almost every romantic thing Sam gets in throughout the series with the exception of uh, Nicole and catch a falling star. And that's a whole Which other is, bag of yeah, worms. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's funny because again, that's almost something that's very, you know, baked into, I think entertainment in general of it, of that sure. time, you know, mm -hmm. is that, is that the, the men always had to be seen as desirable and, you know, mm -hmm. that, that we had turned a corner kind of away from what we saw in, in the golden age of film where, you know, the men just kind of took the kiss from the woman, you know, whenever they wanted it. And now yeah. it was the case where it was just sort of like the women were falling all over the men. Um, sure. you know, so I, I think that that is kind of one of those things where we can kind of say, Oh, product of the time. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, you know, and this is the thing I'm, I'm not making any judgment whatsoever on, on that at, at all. I, I think it's just, you know, it's representative of, of, of a time and a place. And I think that it, you know, if, if I look at it purely from an entertainment lens, um, 
is fine. It's 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 harmless. It's not done in any way that feels toxic or uh, you know is going to be uh, harmful. So I, sure. I, I I yeah I, but it is one of those questions that is that is lingered as we have done this podcast. Um, about some of Sam's behavior on these leaps. And of course, you know, wanting to defend him on a lot of occasions because he's the good guy, but also wanting to understand that maybe that's not cool. Exactly. I mean, there are definite moments where Sam physically takes advantage. Yeah, totally. It's not cool. And we covered it in in our original run through, and we'll probably touch on it again as, as, as we go back through the series here. And also, uh, just open it out broader to time travel in general. Time travel introduces <laughs> some weird situations yes, where you, you're like, ah, you can't really know what you do because you don't, you've never well, done that. We were talking about, you know, we were talking about which episodes we were going to review for season one before we settled on doing them all. Kamikaze Kid was an episode that we talked a little bit about, and we'll, we'll get to this later. But there's a moment at the very end of that episode that I am supremely uncomfortable with and have been uncomfortable with since we originally reviewed it. I have thoughts. I have feelings <laughs> about that. And yeah. And again, it, it's like, it's uh very contradictory thoughts because it's like, totally. you know, cause it's like product of the time, what they were trying to accomplish in that specific moment for that specific episode, but also like what, what, Oh, I, Oh, I thought that was my kids. <laughs> yeah, no, no, sorry. My, my, my daughter is having a, a blast sure. upstairs. So yeah. All right. Uh, um, but but also like product of the time, what the story you're trying to tell in that moment. Speaking of kids, hello. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to watch Eleanor. All right, I'll be oh. upstairs in a, I'll be upstairs in a few minutes. We're wrapping up, me, okay? Cause me and cause me and Mama are gonna go practice some t-ball. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> his his t-ball starts next week. I'm I'm nice. the coach. I'm That's the team awesome. Coach. So yeah, that's exciting. I'm the uh, there. He's my team coach. I yeah. love that. And, and also, um, I'm really gonna be the 14 kid. Kid. Okay. So 14. The 14 kid. Yeah, we we practice on field 14. That's nice. nice. All right, kiddo. And, uh, and some kids are really taller than are are older than me, and some are younger than me. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right, kiddo. We're as soon as we, we wrap up, I can get upstairs sooner. So go upstairs and tell mommy I'll be up there in a few minutes. All right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a light bulb. All right. Tell her I'll be upstairs in a few minutes. Uh, Fates Wide Wheel, awesome. hosted by two tired dads. Anything can happen. <laughs> Perfect you moment. Never know. Uh, but yes, I, I need to run upstairs here in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, we're we're about to wrap up here anyway, I think. But uh um do you go ahead and finish that thought that, that you were no, just like contradictory thoughts between sure. you know what they were what they were trying to do at the moment, but also the, the situation that you put the actors in. Right, so. right. Well, I think you know hey, we, we we got a little bit in the weeds, and I think that that's entirely okay. Uh, um, but but to take it back to right hand of God, overall, here's a couple of things that I did want to mention. Um, I, I love the uh, the fact that uh, even the title of the episode um, alludes to the fact that 
in the prior episode, we see Sam do something that maybe he shouldn't do in influencing, mm. you know, his own life and the life of someone that, that he loved and cared for in, in her future, his past. Uh, and, uh, of course he's all happy about it and thinks it's the greatest thing ever. Um, we know that his actual mission was of course to get these other two people together. <laughs> when he leaps into his new leap, the first thing that he gets met with is a punch to the face. Yeah. Uh, he mentions it in the na- opening narration, which we didn't even really talk about. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, it's kind of odd to hear Sam's opening narration uh, and the narration of the episodes, uh, uh, you know, would, would continue, obviously, but uh, the saga cell would change. Anyway, um, there's this element of like, is he potentially being punished for what he did? You know, is God time fate or whoever? It leans, this episode leans heavily into the idea that, you know, God is involved. There's a lot yep. of, you know, of, of religious stuff that plays into this. You know, Sam name checks the, the big guy upstairs a couple of times. Uh, and I, I think that that's interesting because I do think as the, as the show goes on, they do at times drift very far away from that. And then they come very close back to it. So it's, it's a very, it seems very arbitrary sometimes, you know, where mm-hmm. they land on that, which I'm fine sure. with. Um, I think that, you know, overall, uh, the episode holds up well. I think it's a fun episode. I think that the performances um, really hold up very, very well, actually. I think that there's there's some there's definitely some acting, uh, like, you know, tele- 1989 television acting, oh, if sure. you will. Uh, yeah. But but overall, I think it holds up fantastically. Uh, I think the writing is pretty strong. Um, I You know, I think the director is fine. It's workmanlike. Uh, overall, I, you know, I think that this is a good episode. I think it's... Um, Probably, oddly enough, I think I'll come back to saying this is probably one of the stronger episodes of the first season. I, I don't dislike any episode in the first season. I, I love the look. Like, the, the first season just had this entirely different look. Like, it almost looked too polished mm. as the show went on. Uh, I, I love I love the rough around the edges look a rough around the edges look that the first season has. I'm just adding up my, my score here. This episode got a 7.7. Nice. All right. Once we once we add everything up, so I think that was higher than right hand of God. Now we got to wrap up here, but I know you wanted to talk about. Speaking of right hands. Oh yes, but before we do, do that, I, I want to give sure. you my my score. I didn't give you my total. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so my total would be a, a seven point zero five, or rounded would be a seventy one percent. So seventy one percent, seventy seven percent. Like I said, I mean that's pretty. Right. That's pretty great, you know. And last, Starcross was sixty one, um, and I, I believe Genesis was around eighty. Um, so that kind of gives you a, a good idea. I think I think that this is working out. The project is 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 working out it's so working. far. We'll see how it goes. So far, so good. Yes. Speaking of right hands, so towards the end of last week's episode. Um, you know, by the way, sorry that I was swallowing the microphone last week. Oh. <laughs> I was playing with the new setup. So if you got that far in last week's episode, um, I reacted on mic to the news that Will Smith walked up on stage at the Oscars and slapped Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, at the time, and you said this before we hit record uh, at the time, it seemed almost like a joke. Like yeah. we didn't take it seriously. The, 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 the video that I saw as we were recording, I really thought it was a stage lap. I thought it was a bit. Yeah. I know some people still think it's a bit. Right. Anyway. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that just popped into my head uh, as we approached recording the episode is that in that moment, yeah, I mean, we kind of acted shock surprised and with levity because it was just like, this is what, what? you got to be kidding me. And of course, when learning about the details of the event, because I didn't know what precipitated it, I didn't know what was you know what was going on behind it. Learning about the the full complexion of the event, that it, it really 
uh, bears noting for us personally, and of course anybody that listens to the podcast I'm sure already knows this and goes without saying, that uh, it would certainly not be our intent to leave people feeling like, you know, we think that it's a joke. I think it was actually a fairly serious situation, and we're not going yeah. to devolve into any sort of dialogue over what our feelings and opinions are. Again, if you've been listening to the podcast, you probably have a pretty good idea of where we would land and how we feel about the whole situation anyway. Um, but Again, I think that it's a situation with uh, with a, a lot of complexities and the potential to be harmful in a lot of ways, and we would not ever want to laugh something like that off. But in the moment, it was one of those things where it's just like, what, 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 what did you say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to throw that out there. So like, yeah, so if you walked away with any impression that we were uh, light of it, especially if you listen to the episode later in the week. Uh, as the discussion got more serious online, uh, if you thought we were taking it not seriously enough, uh, we apologize. And if you think we're taking it too seriously right now, I, I apologize. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> My actual opinion about the thing, like it, it flip flops from, from one thing to another every day. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. Uh, start to wrap it up here. Face wide wheel across the web. Find us. Um, also, uh, we've had uh, one person send us a wonderful MP3 uh, with with some with a comment that we're going to put on a future episode. We would love to get more of your uh, comments and thoughts, whether it's about uh, your feelings about the new series, the our series, the you know the the original series, the classic series in general. If you have comments about a previous episode that we've done recently, we would love your questions, thoughts, concerns. Uh, either we'll start adding them to episodes or we'll just drop them in. Maybe we'll do like a, like an all feedback episode at some point in the future. Sure, I'd love just, to do that. Where yeah. we just play some recordings and we just give our thoughts. Uh, so we'd love to have that. We're going to work on getting a way to get it up on the website. In the meantime, if you just want to, whatever audio recorder you have on your laptop or your phone or whatever, just do a voice memo on your phone. Just record a thing. Make sure it's like semi-decent quality, not like my quality last week. And, you know... <laughs> Drop it in an email at the fateswidewheel at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and we will, if you, we will do with that what we will in a future episode. Yes, yes. And as an extension of that, I just want to thank everyone who has continued to comment on the Facebook group, uh, to hit us up on Twitter. Um, you know, we really appreciate the feedback, uh, the thoughtful dialogue that has been generated by so many people. Uh, give a shout out to Carol Davis real quick, who, of course, is also an author of one of the Quantum Leap novels. Um, Two of the just, Quantum Leap novels. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's provided some, you know, just wonderful thoughts and um, really appreciated her dialogue quite a bit. But that goes for everyone. Um, that is engaged with us on any level. And we certainly want to keep that engagement up. Uh, we would love to definitely have kind of an, you know, an ask us anything episode at some point. It doesn't even have to be related to quantum leap. If you just want to know more about us or other things that we might, you know, like or enjoy, or, you know, our opinions on something, feel free to hit us up with that. Uh, obviously we enjoy talking. Um, (laughs) so, uh, Uh, it's, it's been really great and it's been a lot of fun seeing the, the, the level of engagement rise, uh, as the news has, you know, has broken about the, the reboot, reboot and sequel and we just want to keep that momentum going uh, into the fall and and that goes of course for all of the other content creators um and, and uh you know instagrammers uh 
Twitterers, whatever, uh, and uh, you know everybody that's out there right now talking about the show and, and generating something about the show. Uh, of course, you know, friend of the show Matt Dale and Allison Pregler and Krista Philippus over at the Quantum Leap Podcast, um, doing great work as well. So uh, we we really just want the as we talked a little bit about in the last episode, the fandom to to thrive uh, instead of kind of being in this. 30 year old survival mode uh, has the potential to, to thrive. I think so it'd yeah. be great. Yeah, excellent. Uh, a shout out to our patrons Dana Buse, Audra Ashley. Atch- thank you so much for your thank contributions. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to shout out in every episode at any contribution level, just if you give us a dollar a month, uh, go to patreon.com slash fates wide wheel. Uh, Throw us some money if you would like. Uh, you'll get a shout out every episode. And we love you for it. And yeah. uh, to touch on what Sam said, yeah, talk to us online. If you see me in the Facebook group, you see me on Twitter, certainly follow me on Twitter. Uh, friend me on Facebook. I am Facebook easy. Um, I, I I friend first. I question you later. If you, st- <laughs> if you start posting you know, some politically questionable stuff, then, then we'll, then we'll talk. But, uh, I, I accept all friend requests. That doesn't look like some spam bot trying to get my credit card. Um, As long as you look like a genuine person, I will accept your friend request. Yes, and thank you again for all the people that have joined the uh, the group recently and sent requests for that. Uh, we're, we're again, we're just grateful for all, all of the listeners and everybody out there that is engaging with us in any way. Uh, and to echo, you know, Dennis's sentiments, obviously, thank you so much for contributing. Uh, you know, in a financial aspect, uh, at my usual spiel is if you've got the money and you want to donate, invest it in your community, uh, donate to a charity, a local charity. Um, you know, if if, if after. All all of that, you still have somebody left over and you want to throw it our way. I will be grateful for that. Um, as, as we've you know, definitely sunk a lot into this over the past, you know, five years, not that we're expecting anything in return, but, uh, we would we certainly appreciate it. Um, I think that's about all I got. What about you? That's it. Let's leave out of here. I'm gonna go play some right. T-ball with my son. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much again, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. We'll be back next week and we will be talking about how the test was one, unless, of course, something big blows up in the meantime. We'll be in Texas in the 50s this time, which is what Ziggy predicted for right hand of God. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what we, happens, yeah. We hit that. Uh, thank you all again. Take care. All right. Leaping out of here. Bye. Can't see, you'll never know. How can